and I would like you to welcome you to today's uh, webinar, um, EdTech Trends 2021, as members share their experiences. Um, I'm Paula Malon, and I'll be sharing the results from a short COSIN member survey that was conducted between, uh, most recently, just between May and June of this year. Um, to assess the pandemic's impact on IT initiatives and the budgets that fund them, we asked our members about their experiences from the last academic year, as well as their expectations for the coming year. As EdTech leaders head back to school, these survey results can help them evaluate their district from a broader perspective. And these results really help COSIN as we shape our programming and guide our advocacy work. But before I start, uh, with the survey results, I'd like to give a, a special thanks to our partner, Juniper Networks. Juniper Networks makes this effort possible, and their continued support helps us to understand and champion what school districts need. So thank you, Juniper. In the survey, we posed a number of questions about budgets and funding. We asked respondents to tell us how their overall district IT budget for the upcoming academic year, fall 2021, spring 2022, compares to last year. The majority, 56%, report an increase in available funds. This includes 12% who characterize that increase as major. While last year's survey, uh, we asked the same question, but we didn't really ask respondents to categorize those increases um, or decreases as a major, moderate, or slight. But in general, 21% last year reported general increases. Conversely, 42% reported a year-over-year -year decrease last year compared to just 13% this year reporting a decrease. These huge swings in year-over-year -year IT budgets seem to reflect the pandemic's effect on the economic stimulus funding for and the practice of IT modernization efforts. Districts reporting that their year-over-year -year budgets were the same was essentially unchanged 27% this year compared to 26% last year. We also provided a list of IT budget categories and then asked respondents to indicate expected line item budget adjustments for the upcoming year. Those categories were IT upgrades to support HVAC modernization, internet access, school Wi-Fi, cloud servers, cybersecurity, help desk support, devices, curriculum software, staffing, professional development, and classroom technology equipment. For nine of the 11 IT budget line items, 50% or more of respondents indicated no changes in their budgets. And those results are reflected in the green section of those lines. However, a majority of respondents reported IT budget increases in two areas. And these are the two line items on the graph where um, blue, with the, have the blue segments exceeding that 50% line mark. Cybersecurity at 56%, and curriculum software at 62%. There were no decreases reported for three categories, cloud servers, school Wi-Fi, and IT upgrades needed to support HVAC modernization. And those are the line items without any red segments in this graph. We also asked respondents to compare their E-rate category one funding request, which covers broadband internet at school 
compared to the prior school year. The majority, 57%, reported no change to their E-rate category one requests. More than a quarter, 29% indicated a year-over-year -year increase and only 4% reported a decrease. About a tenth of districts, 11%, were unsure of what their E-rate funding request would be at the time the survey was conducted. And we also asked about their E-rate category two funding, which covers costs for internal connections. And we asked if it would meet their needs for their upcoming budget year. Forty percent reported that it does, including eight percent reporting that it exceeds needs and one percent stating it far exceeds needs. More than a quarter, 29 percent, have funding that only somewhat meets their needs. A small minority, 4%, reported completely insufficient funding. 17% were still making evaluations at the time of the survey. A bill establishing the Emergency Connectivity Fund program was recently signed into law. This new temporary program aims to close the homework gap by providing schools with emergency funds for broadband service and device costs associated with serving underconnected students and staff. We asked respondents how they would want to spend emergency connectivity fund monies. As a survey was developed before the final emergency connectivity fund rules were released, some respondents indicated they hope to use monies for initiatives that will not be covered, including a third who wanted to use the funds for district provided wireless mesh networks. Other respondents who will be disappointed by uncovered initiatives are the 8% who planned on district provided citizens band radio service, the 5% who wanted funds for district provided point to point microwave, and the 3% who plan to use funds in partnership with local government. The good news is that for 73% planning to request support from ECF for hot Wi-Fi hotspots, those course are eligible. Other subsidized initiatives include discount internet offering to low-income families, planned by 11%, Wi-Fi access points located in apartments, 9%, carrier-provided or commercially-provided LTE broadband, another 9%, and Wi-Fi on school buses parked in the neighborhood, 1%. 10% intended to request funds to build a self-provision LTE broadband network. However, spending on this initiative and other self-provision projects will only be allowed if there are no commercially available service in the targeted area, which can be a high bar for an applicant. 16% plan to spend funds on initiatives not listed on the survey, such as devices or device replacements, web-enabled devices, and Wi-Fi on route and activity buses. Respondents were also asked if they received any federal economic stimulus funding to support remote learning or related IT initiatives and to rate the importance of those funds to their districts. The overwhelming majority, 90%, said the federal economic stimulus funding was important. 
This includes 55% rating the stimulus money as extremely important and 20% rating it as very important. Only 4% said the funding wasn't important to providing support and 7% said they did not tap into any of the federal emergency funds that were made available to them. We asked districts who received emergency federal funds to estimate the percentages spent across the various IT areas. Devices for students and educators accounted for the largest percentage of overall emergency IT spending with more than a quarter of districts, 29%, allocating over half their funds. This includes more than a 10th or 11% of districts that allocated between 71 and 80% of their funding. So if you look at that first line districts um, and you look at the column where it says 51% and you, uh, and you add that percentages up to the last column um, where it goes to 100%, that's where we're getting that 29% from. 13% of districts use more than half their emergency funding for facility improvements, such as air purification systems. However, almost twice as many, 23% allocated just 10% or less of their budget for facilities, as shown in that one column. So if you look at uh, that first column, facility improvements, you see that 23% in that first column. Interestingly, home broadband for educators and students did not account for a larger share of emergency expenditures. For 70% of respondents, it was 20% or less of their budgets. And you can see that as the second, home, that second line, home broadband, that 10% or less is 46%. The next column, under 20%, you add those two, and that's where we get our 70% of respondents. Contact tracing, second from the bottom, received the smallest distribution of funds with almost three quarters, 73% allocating 10% or less of their emergency federal funds for the initiative. On-campus networks, uh, the third one down in that first column, also received a small slice of the funding with 61% allocating 10% or less of their emergency funds. Respondents were asked if they expected to receive additional federal or state emergency stimulus funding to support remote learning needs in the next few months. Less than a quarter, 24% said yes. A third, 33% said no. And 43%, the largest response, didn't know what to expect for the next coming school year. The pandemic required IT to implement many new initiatives to accommodate remote teaching and learning needs, and many districts now benefit from initiatives introduced during the pandemic. The majority, 64%, added technology in their classrooms, such as rotating cameras, classroom microphones, and speakers to increase the quality of remote learning in a simultaneous hybrid learning environment. The majority, 60%, also now provide remote only instruction as an option for their students. Almost half, 48%, have expanded their cybersecurity initiatives. More than a third, 37%, have added district-wide student-facing cloud-based applications, such as an LMS, to their digital ecosystem. 35% have increased the bandwidth of their school network. 
To support remote teaching, 23% of districts provided educators with devices or extra monitors for home use. Of the 12% of respondents that implemented initiatives not listed on the survey, most cited one-to-one -one programs and home internet access, including hotspots, as the other initiatives now supported by their districts. Only 2% of respondents report not supporting any new initiatives or initiatives that weren't already supported pre-pandemic. When asked to identify their top three unmet technology needs, cybersecurity was ranked number one by a large margin. Even before the pandemic required schools to move more, more services online, cybersecurity has been a top concern for districts. In a situation where even well-funded corporations in their private sector struggle to address cybersecurity issues, poorly funded districts are at a disadvantage. One respondent even characterized the need for more cybersecurity funding as, quote, desperate. Home access connectivity and interoperability followed cybersecurity as top on net needs, ranked number two and three respectively. The need for off-campus connectivity, often referred to as the homework gap, received extensive and much needed attention during the pandemic. Although the importance of interoperability did not receive as much national press attention, its top priority ranking highlights importance to ed tech leaders as they dealt with their district's increased reliance on digital tools and content. Respondents were asked what they felt would be the most likely scenarios for traditional on-site classes for the upcoming school year. The survey was conducted before reports of the Delta variant spread, so expectations may shift in response to any second wave of the virus. But at the time of the survey, the vast majority, 71% of respondents anticipated on-site classrooms to return to pre-COVID normal for the 2021-2022 school year. This is in stark contrast to prior year survey results which only 7% of respondents expected to return to a pre-COVID normal. This appears to reflect the change in state and local policies that are now allowing or encouraging the return to classrooms. 40% expected social distancing protocols to be followed. A third, 33%, expected contact tracing for educators and administrative staff, and slightly more, 35%, are expecting contact tracing for students. About another third, 31%, plan to offer fully virtual learning options, with 19% planning to offer hybrid learning options. Virtual offerings provide options for families with students preferring this instructional model. Only 7% of respondents expect vaccines to be required for students, with 11% anticipating a vaccine requirement for educators. 9% specified other scenarios that weren't listed on the survey. These scenarios included daily testing for unvaccinated students and staff, virtual learning options only for medical exemptions, and optional mask wearing. For me, um, the big takeaway from these results is that the pandemic forced positive changes while the vast majority of respondents expect to return to pre-COVID normal for on-site instruction, 
Home access and interoperability priorities suggest not everything will be returning to the way things were. Remote instruction necessitated by the pandemic forced districts to spend money to mo modernize their digital ecosystems. Even districts that do not intend to continue remote or hybrid learning options are looking to leverage the IT investments and past experiences. The need to close the homework gap with seamless access to instruction and digital content is becoming all important. I think one respondent put it best, and I quote them here, there's a need for modernizing our strategy, staffing our technology to meet today's needs versus yesterday's. The written report of the survey results, which include all the charts I've just shared, uh, will be available soon and will be distributed to everyone who's attended this webinar. In the meantime, uh, you're encouraged to check out other resources and reports available at COSIN. And as a complement to this member-only survey that provides more in-depth answers to funding needs and specific IT initiatives, you might want to check out our other survey, our annual IT leadership survey report. It came out this past spring and covers broader issues around IT leadership demographics, IT staffing, data privacy, and approaches to cybersecurity. And you can access that at cosin.org. Uh, you will have to go through the um, purchase portal, but the purchasing price is free and it's free to everyone. For those who may not be familiar with COSIN, uh, we are the premier professional association for school system technology leaders and educational leaders that want to leverage technology and realize engaging learning environments. So visit COSIN.org, find out more about COSIN. Um, we have many focus areas, events, advocacy and policy work, um, options for membership, and you can learn about the CETL certification exam. Before we end the webinar, I'd like to invite everyone to join us at Nashville next year, April 11th through 14th. If you'd like to present at the conference, it's also, it's also not too late to submit your proposal. The deadline is July 27th, and you'll find the information on how to, on how to submit on COSIN.org. I'd also like to take another opportunity to thank Juniper Networks for the ongoing support of COSIN. You can learn more about them at juniper.net. Thank you for coming, and this concludes our webinar.